Hey everyone, where to next? Episode eight with Casey Curry, and today my guest is Aaron Casada, who works at Monster Energy, does a bunch on the activation side with Monster, with Monster Cup, NASCAR, Supercross, all the other events they have going on, PBR. Uh, the list goes on and on. But today, uh, he actually rides in the race car with me uh, for all my desert racing, um, and then the UTV stuff as well. And today's uh, episode basically is all about the Baja 1000. We uh, did not have time to do anything before the rally, or before the race, uh, so we just wanted to kind of break down the Baja 1000. Uh, everything we've done, you know, there's a lot of things that go into the Baja 1000. It being a loop race, it's 806 miles, all Baja. Um, we had some unique features. We had some incidents happen in Baja. We had just a lot go on. So, you know, today, Aaron, thank you very much for coming on the show and, uh, you know, just wrapping with me. My whole thing is bringing Aaron on to, uh, just, just kind of go over how, how we do Baja. So uh, Aaron, thank you very much. You're welcome. So today, you know, let, let's just go and kind of break it down, uh, how we, uh, as a team, um, kind of do Baja. So, you know, first things first, uh, you, you can't really do any strategizing until the course map gets laid out. Uh, we don't know where we're going. We don't really know anything. So two weeks before the race, uh, or three weeks before the race, uh, the course comes out online. Uh, that's when you get to study. You start figuring out um, what we can do uh, as far as pit layout, uh, where we're going to pre-run, uh, who's pre-running what, who's driving what sections. Um, and then that, for me, is where it all begins, right? So as a team owner, uh, we'll sit here. And study on the maps of, you know, how far the race car is going to go in gas. You know, there's sand section, there's silt sections from previous races, uh, and we'll study it. So, like this year, uh, we thought our race car could go 200 miles between each pit, which ended up being wrong by 20 miles. Uh, so we had to strategize pre um, our post uh, race. We actually had to make some changes to our strategy um, to literally get uh, the car to the finish line without running out of gas which I've done in the past, by the way. So so kind of on that note, because we did at the 500 uh, last year, we ran out of gas uh, after San Felipe, which was a really fun experience. Um, <laughs> uh, in your mind, when we were getting close, we had, what, about 20 or 30 miles before we were going to pit and down in San Felipe. So what was going through your mind when you're like, how are you doing the math? Okay, we have should have this many gallons left. We're, we're supposed to pit in about 20 miles. Can we chance <laughs> it? Like, So the gas gauge from 20 to zero is 100% accurate if the car is not moving. So 70-gallon tank, uh, gas gauge works the whole time. But the last 20, it's basically perfect. And then you get in a situation. I knew the car could go 200 miles at at 70 percent 65 percent all day and then we dude yes so all of a sudden we're dude we're driving hard driving fast we passed a ton of cars get in the silt and i dude i don't know like for some reason right in the whole san mateo pass uh right after uh valley de trinidad i dude i just was feeling like i was second guessing myself as far as my my layout like man if i could only pit three times it would make it would go from six minutes of pits to, you know, 12 minutes of pits if we had double that. And like for myself, I didn't want to stop more than three times. Three times was a perfect number, right? Cause that dude, 800 miles, three pits, dude, we're going to have six minutes of pits. It's going to be so fast at the ball. 1000 last year, you know, we, we pitted, um, and we had 
dude, 40 or 50 minutes of total pits. By the time you pull into, you know, some of the organized pit stops, you know, you're not the first car in line. They got dump cans, you know, that you like, everything was just taking forever. And then, you know, some pits didn't have the gas ready. And it's like, okay, we're not going to have that happen anymore. So now six minutes, we, we want to be in and out all done. And yeah, we got through some San Mateo pass and, uh, we were hauling butt and dude, I, I don't know. Then it started clicking like, man, I don't know. The gas gauge is, it's going between like eight and, and 20 and eight and 20 and 10 and 15. And, oh dude, it's, oh man, I, I don't want to do this. I don't want to, I don't want to run a gas. Cause you know, we had a, a jeep following us the whole time but it's like man i don't need a i don't even have to get involved in this and right now we're in a good position obviously we're always trying to focus on the overall and like god we don't every time we stop we get passed and uh so anyways we just made the decision like right when we right when we got to highway five i was like dude i'm pulling the plug we're we're freaking getting 10 gallons of gas so i i uh called in uh, we have satellite radios on the race car so every, at all times the race car knows everywhere you know the race car and the all my chase team are communicating the whole time it's one very good thing we have in baja is satellite radios so we're always in contact so we're like i got people on on highway one in camelu you know a thousand miles away in in whatever it's eight hours away we're all talking and obviously i'm the one making the decision and yeah, I, I decided. I kind of wanted to mess with you and be like, come on, Casey. No, we can do it. No, we can do uh, it. Well, the we can make it to the pit. And then I was like, oh, crap. If we didn't make it to the pit and I and he listened to me <laughs> for that one time, uh, and, and well, we ran out, Well, the other problem is it's the hardest thing that like everyone doesn't realize. So right in uh, at three poles, right above San Felipe, from San Felipe, 205, where exactly where we pitted, uh, to our race mile, 190. So basically the last 50 miles, right where we'd run out of gas, is all whoops. So that means my Jeep is going to have to drive down a whooped out road with gas, you know, with all the spare parts that it has in it. And like, no matter what, it's going to drive down the whoops. So dude, no matter what, it's a 30 minute pit stop. And to me, it's like 30 minutes. You might as well quit and put it on the trailer, even though it's not the case, but in your head, that's how you feel. Like that's, yeah, I just want to quit, right? You don't even know what's happening yet, but you want to quit. So in theory, the last 15 miles before 205 is all whoops, power line road. It's all San Felipe, nasty whoops. So I was like, pull the plug. We ended up having like a, it was under a minute pit stop. So it was not a big deal. But in that one minute, we got past by like five, 10 cars. And it, I mean, it just kills you inside to sit there and let that all happen. But no matter what, I mean, the, the pit strategy turned into a, a big deal. So, I mean, if, to go along with that, after that, we, we kind of readjusted all, all our pits. Uh, we've, we've made the decision that we are going to pit. Um, well, actually, for me, I only had to go to uh, 380 uh, before doing a driver change. But from 380, I was supposed to go all the way to 600. So like and 180, 160 miles. Yeah, I only had that. to go 180 miles. And we only burned 40 gallons of fuel. Because we had a 50 mile or 40 mile pavement section at 60 miles an hour. And, you know, at that rate, I think I was getting five miles a gallon. So we, we didn't even have an issue. And then my uh, brother got into 380, went to 600. And when the goal was to not have any pits there, and dude, that was, that was 220 miles. And honestly, he probably would have made it. Like there were some silt sections, but at the same time, there was a lot of uh, higher speed graded dirt road which we didn't have on the first half like the second half was more graded dirt roads you know not as much high revving as far as the truck was uh planted to the ground with four-wheel drive it doesn't have that issue with just smoking the tires all the time but so we ended up splashing him 20 gallons of gas there we had a strategy i you know in my head i had a backup plan before we even went down that no matter what i had i had 
20 extra gallons on the highway five, uh, highway three down to highway five. And then I had 40 gallons of gas spare for on highway one to get myself every truck or chase truck. That was a fuel truck had 40 gallons to our 20 gallons to top off. So it ended up working, but we, uh, we had to do, ended up doing five pit stops, actually six. I, uh, got into an, a little fender bender and I had to get my lights adjusted before dark, but we, we can get into that later. But anyways, for, you know, back onto the course. So, you know, all this pit stuff goes along. Uh, and then you have hotels, man, we go pre-running dude. I, we pre-run probably a lot less than a lot of the other faster cars, uh, like the trophy trucks, I, I guess you could say, um, uh, we have a lot going on. Uh, I do a way more than just racing. I do a lot of Jeep stuff. I do a lot with NASCAR. We do a lot of stuff with monster energy and, uh, I had to get home to go to Phoenix. So we, we spent the first, we spent the first week down there and we came back down and pre-run another day or two. Uh, but really, so pre-running, you have to pr plan it all out, right? There's only so many hotel rooms. Uh, Catavina is a small hotel in the middle of nowhere. It only has like 30 rooms and they completely sell out. Like even on the race day, they announced the course on, on like a Tuesday at noon and by Tuesday night it was completely gone. So there was no more hotels. It was completely gone. So, we strategized. We had a plan. Uh, worked out great by splitting the driving duties in half with my brother. And I knew that uh, for pre-running, I was going to do the first half. And uh, for this year, uh, just to make it easier on the team, by pre-running in Jeeps, first I made it for doing notes easier uh, for Aaron, for uh, typing and, and writing and, and then being able to... Uh, well, even the section. So for the 1,000 last year, we, we did the start and the finish. So pre-running the start... You know, we went down to, what was it, about uh, three something when we got out of the car. And then we had to drive for another eight hours or something like that to get down to the peninsula yeah. or um, Loretto. And then, you get know, back in. got back in Loretto and all the way down to La Paz. So that was even just a nice change of pace. Like doing the start uh, to 380, we only had that one section. We weren't hopping around and and um made it way easier yeah it's way kind of been easier. fun too so like you said the, as far as what we've been pre-running in we the thousand last year we had your full full-on pre-runner which was a blast and then uh i think at the 500 we pre-ran in can ams which was a blast and then this this time around we did the jeeps Jeep. which it's been a different experience each time but it's been a, a really fun experience each time yeah, I mean, that's one thing that is cool about Baja. I mean, the experiences that we get to do is, you know, we're always busy, we're always hustling. And every no matter what, you know, anyone does for a living, dude, to get down to Baja, I think part of that whole living, living the way we do and the things that people don't get to see is, like, when we go pre-running, uh, this year um, we divided in half. I, I, did, I did my half, my brother did his half, and then on my half, obviously I had Aaron in the car with me, and then my dad and one of his buddies – rode in their jeep in his jeep and then we just went down together we full no prayer no chase trucks no nothing uh, we went down and we basically woke up crack of dawn or no no way before <laughs> way before dawn we woke up at like four in the morning drove down pre-run our section got down to san felipe spent the night and then um we drove down got all the way down to 380 um you know right after coco's corner um coco's corner got back on the race course right there or got back on the highway right there. And then what we did was we synced it with my brother who had Tucker riding with him and then my Uncle John and one of my other guys, Justin, riding with my Uncle John. Uh, and they had a chase truck with them. So, like, they had a chase truck, a bunch of spare parts. They had everything they needed. Um, that We strategized it that if anything but the Can-Am broke, it could drive home. If my uncle's buggy or truck broke down, you know, he could uh, easily 
uh, put a you know drive it home. Whatever we had to do, we can put a jeep on the trailer. So I, it was cool because we went to Camelot on night one and uh, or on second night, and we all uh, basically went down and stayed together at the hotel. We all ate dinner together, kind of talked over our you know strategies of what's changed, what do we see differently, uh, what do we need to do differently. And it was cool. After that, woke up early. Then we ended up driving up and doing the. Uh, the finish, we did 740 to the finish just to, uh, if there's any problems uh, in Santa Tomas, I was going to get back in the car and do the finish. But this year, I always am kind of greedy and uh, I usually want to finish. But this year at the 500 and the 1,000, I let Cody finish. Just everyone puts in effort. Everyone gets a little bit of glory. So I got to learn to give it up. But anyway, so with that, Cody pre-ran to the finish. And then it was all good. We all went home. We ended up actually all driving. Every one of us drove straight home straight to phoenix did a nascar event came back down literally two days later and uh we pre-ran a little bit in the can-am uh it is fun the 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 variety of vehicles that we go down to ball with you know obviously a jeep is comfortable on the inside it's leather seats and it's air conditioned and it's it's just really comfortable and then you know the can-am brings more speed with no front window and you got to wear helmets and it's uncomfortable sometimes yeah the jeep you're styling nice ac you can talk no uh, helmets or uh, headsets on uh, the Can Am. I think you got stung by a bee, right? Yeah, last my year? face. A bee came my... and smacked you right in the but, right in the forehead. Yeah, but the pre-running back to the pre-running thing, right? We do we get to have fun. That's the time that our ninety-nine percent of the day we're out in the middle of the desert. Our cell phones don't work, and I mean we have race radios, and it's just a time like, dude. I mean, really, we get away. Like Aaron and I uh, do. We're good friends on the side of anything work-related, but dude, just I mean, getting that opportunity to you know to vent about you know the stresses of the day-to-day life of right we both have kids and we both have wives and you know we have a lot going on and and my dad in the same boat with all the crap that he's got going on and it's just that it's a time that we all get to enjoy right we go out to dinner at night and we just we just hang out as friends with really no cell phones and and kind of a far away from everything right i i mean he he is very busy at work my dad he's got a lot going on and for him to get to come down with his buddy brian uh, it's just fun, dude. Brian's a good guy. He he makes a lot of jokes and makes the day uh, go by faster for him. And yeah, and then obviously it's just fun, dude. To me, it's it's part of Baja that we don't really get to film. It's probably wouldn't be the most exciting thing you've ever seen in your life. But I mean, for us, it's it's kind of our getaway. We uh, I don't know. I think if we were <laughs> mic'd up in the truck, it'd be some good conversation. Yeah, some that's good true. Listening yeah, there. that's true. Should do a podcast while we pre run because oh, I think uh, yeah. I think that was we Casey and I like you said we get sidetracked. We'll start <laughs> talking about stories or you know our brains are always just going. So we're always thinking about other other things that we could do and. Uh, so yeah, yeah, sometimes we're like, oh wait, we're doing notes. Sorry, <laughs> I, I I forgot about that. I mean, even a good one. We even were like, I don't know what happened, but somewhere <laughs> in the race, I don't. I was so I don't in not in the moment that I like almost drove the uh there in past San Felipe, uh like by down by uh, Portocitos, the road is completely trashed. Every, I mean the rain came through there and demolished roads and somehow in the race, whole sections of highway are just gone. But I ended up driving through the cones. Like I was ready to just end and yelling end at me that I didn't <laughs> tell him to turn off to the side. Uh, I, my focus was not there, but anyways, we, uh, we backed up and had no issues, but no. So anyways, for pre-running, it, there, there's a lot that goes into it. We study it. We come home. And at that point, uh, we completely unload the chase truck. We unload all of our pre-runners. We unload all the Jeeps, get everything cleaned up, uh, get it all unbahad, uh, with the dirt and dust. And, and then from there we, uh, we load. Uh, we preload everything. We built these cool racks for um, the chase trucks, and we um, really do everything we can to make it. Where when we get down to ball for the race, uh, 
when we get down contingencies on Thursday, we showed up, you know, the guys basically all showed up on uh, Wednesday. We did a little bit of, uh, well, actually did a big team dinner down there um, at a super nice steakhouse. Uh, Aaron and I went out and ran the start just to make sure that uh, nothing had changed. And then we uh, got ready for Thursday contingency day. We do contingencies insane. If you guys have ever want to go to an event and see how many people are into an event, the ball 1000 is pretty unreal. Obviously, I'm getting ready to go to Dakar right now, and that that could change things. But for right now, dude, contingency is just unreal. The amount of people that are passionate about off of racing down in Boz, it's pretty unreal. Like, dude, the stickers, the the autographs, the photos, and and just the the hanging out at the stage, right? Like, what, what would you say your favorite part of contingency is? Oh, uh, the dude, the the 30 seconds of glory you get at the stage, right? You sit there in line for hours, and then you get to drive up on top of that the platform, the score platform, and dude, there's thousands and thousands of people. You get to throw out stickers, and everyone's hooting and hollering. And at that moment, you, I mean, dude, it's all becoming real, like surreal that, I mean, you realize that, dude, you got, I, I mean, for myself, I have, I got half my, the Curry family's with me down there. And then I got my brother with me and you got all your friends and you got your, all your, the guys that are working for me. And, you know, you have all these people down there. And that, at that moment, we realize that, all right, here we go. We're, we're going to go race the Baja 1000, you know, and like for myself, I'm very blessed to get to do this for a living, but you don't realize how much effort it takes to go do the ball 1000 at any level. I don't care if you're in a UTV or in a trophy truck, like dude, it's a lot of work. There's a lot of planning, a lot of strategizing. I mean, things go wrong all the time. And like you, all that has to go through your head to have a perfect day. And like, dude, you just, at that point, there's really nothing that's going to happen at that point, which I will say we had a tough one. My uncle actually had to leave my, uh, aunt's, uh, uh, brother-in-law passed away on thursday in contingency so my uh my uncle john actually had to go home and take one of his buddies with him uh which dude family to me always family's first right no matter what happens it did family family is number one there's nothing else in life that's more important than family so we did lose my uncle and and we had to make some changes to our pits which luckily we had enough guys down there but uh you know at that moment you, you know at, there's really nothing that can change it's Basically, at that point, it's game time, right? So half the team left. Talk about uh, pre pre planning and getting everything set up. We had sent half our, our four guys down to San Felipe that way in the morning. They did not have to sit in traffic on Highway Three. No construction, no nothing. They basically were dialed in. They had to drive exactly four miles from the hotel to race mile two hundred five. We had it dropped in a, uh, in Lead Nav and on the Lawrence. We had it uh, programmed exactly where to go. My dad and Brian Smith were inside the uh pre they were with me on the pre-run we pre-walked it we knew exactly where we wanted to go and it worked out when we showed up for the pit there they were done deal which is kind of crazy to me because if you look at it this is really our second season racing desert and where we've come from the first race uh to where shoot the night before we get out of the driver's meeting and shit we still got a couple of uh, hours (laughs) of work to do on the truck or you know, the notes and loading the maps and packing the the chase vehicles to where like this time it was like, man, we had contingency. Everyone was just kind of chilling after the driver's meeting. Like you said, everyone, half the team was already down in their post uh, for their pit stop and stuff. And so it was a really, a 
a lot of uh, stress taken off of that that whole night. Uh, absolutely, I, you know, because uh, the other half of the team, uh, we stayed down in Kamaloo because we couldn't get a room in Catavina. We stayed in Kamaloo. We we have a Sepik hotel we liked, and I can't can't give that online because I don't want anyone staying there. But no, we uh, we have a, a bit uh, a radical hotel. We uh, so Paul, Michelle, my brother Tucker. Uh, a couple other guys, they all went down that night and uh, just made it where they had to wake up. They had to drive two hours south to do the driver change. So once again, they bypassed all the traffic, any insanity uh, through Ensenada. We just we tried to do our best to make it as safe as possible. You know, one thing that my biggest concern is, is, you know, safety for anyone. I don't want anyone to have to go not come home. And for myself, uh, I really want to make sure that Safety is always put in everyone's uh, in everyone's mind, right? There's no drinking, there is no drinking and driving. There's no drinking and playing around. There's no goofing around before the race. You know, Thursday night, Wednesday night, there was no drinking. The biggest thing that we focus on is you know is safety. So, getting everyone down the night before that meant that no one had to wake up early, no one was late, no one got gas, no one did anything. Everything was completely done to the point where they drove down, they ate dinner, and they had. And, we got out of the race car at 9 p.m. That was the goal was like 9 p.m. I think we got out of the car at 9. We were within an hour of our 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 plan all day. We were really close. So, with that being said, dude, my, everyone was well rested. I knew we knew we were gonna drive through the night. Everyone got sleep where they needed to. Uh, we had no car accidents on the road. But anyways, we uh, yeah lined everyone up, dialed everyone in. We went back, stayed. Dude, once again, oddest feeling in the world. Here, all your chase teams are where they need to be. Everyone is kind of in place. And here you are eating dinner at 8 o'clock at night going like, well, I mean, we're just going to hang out. And then, okay, tomorrow we're going to go up the line at 11.30 a.m. Okay, well, that means we're going to wake up at – we'll sleep in crazy till 8 and then go eat breakfast and just – Sit. Even though you're up at five because your brain yeah. is thinking. <laughs> yeah, you're just no, I mean, so, yeah, all you want to do is race and you hear helicopters going because the motorcycles left at 3.30 in the morning and my brain is going a 1,000 miles an hour because what would you miss? Is something on the Trophy Jeep already broken? Or, I mean, are we going to go five miles and crash? You know, everything's going through your head the whole time. But anyways, we you didn't have anything to do, so we literally just hung out. We went to breakfast and, and enjoyed our time. And, yeah, went on stage, and once that began, I mean – it, it was basically go time. So the, at that point, the strategy was done. We knew we had, we had plans. We had backup plans. We had everything we needed to do. Um, contingencies unreal. Um, you know, we, we had, dude, I mean, the, the whole thing is it's pretty crazy because you're, you're racing 800 miles from the time you take the green flag to the time you finish. There is no breaks, no stopping. There's no anything like it's no it's pee breaks. Yeah. No pee breaks. Yeah. No pain in the car. <laughs> but I mean, I, I mean, on my side, it's pretty unbelievable what what all these teams can do uh with a lot of them are not full-time i mean dude i I only have three full-time guys working for me and everyone else is either friends or their family members and and they come down i mean for the same passion we have um everybody wants to win we all get hot-headed every i mean every time that no matter how much you talk about it how much we you know get excited everyone gets excited when that race car pulls up to a pit Boy, you you really get excited. Everyone wants to be the the superhero, and they want to fix everything, and they want you know they everyone wants to do as much as they can to make sure that everyone succeeds. And and dude, we all get it. We try so hard to make that not happen, and it always happens. Everywhere, every pit stop, you got guys that are getting overly anxious and and want to make things happen. And we spill a little gas, and we get a little in a hurry, and we 
you know, it's just crazy. You, you sit here and go, man, dude, for all being volunteers, it's pretty unbelievable for how much we can do with a, with a small team. I and mean, we, we, yes, we run it as a big team and we w- run with the big dogs and we're, and we're not, we're not scared to do anything, but to myself, like I like a core group. I mean, obviously I go so much and I travel the world and we do a lot. And for myself, I'm just one of those guys. I need a core group around me all the time. I need, I have to have people around me. I, I get like into a weird place that I don't, I don't like crowds of people and I don't like certain things. So for myself to the comfort of having a small group around me that I, you know, I you basically, I'm, I'm one of those guys that opens up and I put everything on the table with, you know, that group of people. And it, it's hard when I have a bigger group of people just because of trust, man, it's hard. It's hard. There's, there's a lot of people in this world that will uh, do things on accident that could hurt my team. And to myself, we have a great group of guys, but then, you know, come race day, uh, we were ready to go. So, I mean, on the race, I mean, Aaron said next to me, we, you know, we have all the notes. So Aaron, uh, besides taking the notes in the car, we have a cool way of doing our own notes that uh, we don't really talk about online, but uh, we have a great, uh, uh, way of doing notes. Uh, but it, it takes Aaron, um, I don't know, eight, eight, ten hours. You think it's a while. Like what well, I like to, uh, look at the race course even before, you know, we go down there just to kind of get a sense of where we're at or, you know, some of the sections of the race courses um, from previous races are the same. So maybe there was a line that we took one one time that, you know, you kind of remember. It's crazy. It's crazy to me, like how much you end up remembering of the of the race courses. Oh, yeah, uh, and even well, I think that was my like seventh race down in Baja. But, you know, you start to remember the certain sections and, oh, uh, well, this line was fun or this line was crap. Let's not do that one. Like, kind of kind of fun yeah so they uh once once the race was ready to start though like we had the notes done so he he had everything programmed in I, we have two gps's in the car i have a small one that i don't really focus so much on what the notes say but just to keep make sure that when i look down i have a speed um i have the speed on my uh gps and then i have a line so that way i know roughly follow that red line dude. i'll have all just that follow fo- the red yeah. line that's a, so just sometimes you you know when, when you're getting in the dust and you're second guessing your co-driver you, you gotta have that <laughs> yeah just follow the red line uh, but anyway so he he calls out the notes he does all that and then uh you know for really once the race started i mean we were game time we had a plan and we attacked the plan so um everything went good uh race mile 40 we had did we did get into the silt did not have any buzzards going off and uh, we hit the back of a 6100 truck I don't know. We were probably doing 20, 25 miles an hour, which, dude, it hit hard. I mean, don't get me wrong. It it hit, but we ended up folding the front bumper into the lights, which on my trophy Jeep, I have an oil cooler that is vulnerable, very vulnerable. It's actually only behind a fiberglass grill. It's going to get moved now. Uh, I just, the when we first built it, the goal was never to be, it was never to make, the trophy Jeep was never meant to be aggressive in the fact of like, my whole thing is I'm not really a nerfer. I don't really drive up to the desk. Oh, dude, don't. <laughs> I do. I, I get in the moment, but I try not to nerf people. I uh, try. And then, uh, but anyway, so like we got in, we ended up folding the bumper. I didn't know at the time. So we got out of the silt. Four wheel drive helped a bunch in the silt. It's crazy because whatever, when people complain about in the silt, sometimes you literally get through and go like, I mean, besides getting dust in the face, like I didn't really slow And it was pretty funny because we had with the Stella, you know, that's another safety device, which is pretty cool. Um, it actually has a a button to let the people in front of you know that hey they're they're being overtaken. So, you know, no if we were being overtaken like trophy truck or whatever, you know, you don't want to hold up someone's race uh, if they're not in your class. They're not you're not racing them. So what does it matter? Get out of the way. But uh, yeah, Casey thought that button was his uh, huh. 
Did like, you hit the blue button? <laughs> like, yeah, well, man. Like, if the blue is not flashing, <laughs> ash, to me, well, half the time, no matter what, no one wants to pull over for you because they think that they're racing and they're competitive. It's frustrating because that's one of the most frustrating things about Boz. You put us behind. I don't, you know, whatever. In years past, cars were going slower, but this year, we passed every single to class ten car by the halfway mark, and we passed every class one car but one, and we passed all but three sixty one hundreds. And, uh, it, it, dude, we just got into a lot of dust and we got stuck. A lot of the race, we were stuck behind people. Just the common courtesy of the blue light flashing, man, it's, it's move over, but they have, no, it's pretty, pretty cool feature and the the safety part of it, you know, for us, it didn't really work. I don't know about for other people, a couple of the other guy, co-drivers that, um, I talked to, it, it didn't really seem like it was working for them, but if there was someone broke or stuck on the race course, there's a, a caution button too that's supposed to send a signal behind you to let uh, the people coming up on you know that hey we're broke or there there is a caution on the race course. It was weird like the caution would beep and we're literally driving right past them. So um, yeah, they got they got they some fine tuning. Work some bugs out on that would be good. But again, safety wise, it was it's a pretty cool feature. Yeah, I agree on that. But yeah, so once once we got through the silt, uh, right out of I mean right out of Ojos. Uh, we had a good run. We had uh, we ended up having to stop. Uh, one we had to stop on a highway section to to just overlook the car, and then which turned into a I don't know. We felt like we were there for thirty minutes, probably only five minutes. But we ended up having to rip the hoop off the front of the car, and all the lights got smashed in the oil cooler, and we had, or smashed under the oil cooler, and then we had to readjust those just to make sure we didn't get ourselves into a situation that it got dark. And we had no lights, and then on top of that, the uh, Somewhere we got into barbed wire and I wrapped like 90 feet of barbed wire around my axle. So we had to cut that off. We almost lost the brake line. The brake line is so close to being pinched completely off, but didn't happen. And we, uh, so anyways, we, we had to stop there. Um, somewhere right in Valley Tierra, right off the side of the road, uh, actually coming out of the Mike's loop. Coming down Mike's. Yeah, yeah. We, uh, we just stopped there. And then from there we drove, I mean, we did good. We were running a good pace, dude. The, the Trophy Jeep is working better than it ever has. We've done a lot of testing with Fox. Um, and we're just, I mean, obviously progression is something that my shop is known for as far as just going as far as we can with, with what we have. And, dude, Fox did a very, very good job uh, of, of going further than we ever have. We went through and revalved everything. We did new springs. And, yeah, I'm, I was blown away. We we went through San Felipe Woods faster than we ever have by, like, 20 miles an hour. And, uh yeah, it was good. We didn't. We never. We only got past one time the entire night, and it was by a trophy truck. And he, I think he was in more in a hurry than us. And really, rather than that, we didn't. Out of our 380 miles, never got passed by anyone. No, no lights. And I would have pulled over. Never got nerfed. Never got hit. But uh, around that, we uh, stopped San Felipe. Uh, did we uh, fueled up, topped off, wiped our lenses off, and then from there, that's when the sun started setting. And and. Uh, you know, we just stuck to our plan. We had no from there to uh, 380. Uh, well, we did have to stop one time. We're I must have hit a tree. I broke the top light bar off the car R- uh, one mile before before I, my dad was going to be following me in the jeep. So we uh, just pulled over and pulled the top light bar off, which it was so dusty and miserable. Anyways, and I don't even know if you knew this, but we uh, had a brand new laser beam light from Ball Designs on the bottom. So that light was like 10 times more powerful than any light we had in the car, which basically was the only light we had. That was pointing straight up. It looked like the Luxor (laughs) in Vegas. We we adjusted it once Cody got in the car, but it was crazy. We really didn't have to run. We, with uh, the light bar falling off, we had, uh, 
two LP9s on the front that, that look like make it look like a Jeep and uh, did the our light situation was we never really had well, it doesn't really matter because a dust. lot of times we were in dust the whole time anyways so having all the lights on you can't see it's like driving in fog with the lights on God, so it just reflects the light super bad um, so yeah a lot of times we didn't we didn't even we yeah. weren't even running all the lights yeah so around uh, that we were pretty much had a flawless run we got in uh, to 380 and Put my brother in the car. Uh, we we that was supposed to be our slowest pit. We we told ourselves, a, a, I mean, a four minute pit stop. It's crazy because dude, a year ago it was ten minutes was a fast pit. Now we're we're down to two minutes, and a four minute pit is terribly slow. But we're we're uh, we play by safe. We always shut our car off when we pit, no matter what we do. We the, we shut the car off. We just feel that our the team that we have and the, the safety that we have. We feel that by shutting the car off, if there was a fire, it would be easier to communicate over the sound of an engine or not the sound of an engine rather than the sound of an engine. And well, even pulling into a pit, if the motor's on, you're yelling, you can't hear yeah, anything. anything. So, so if you're asking them to check something or just, adjust something yeah. like it's way just, easier with the yeah. engine off. But it, so we got in, Cody got in the car from there. I mean, really they drove basically perfect race. We got, um, we got, they got basically, and we did do our pit stop at, um, Santa Tomas. We dumped in an extra 20 gallons, which probably didn't need, but, by then, uh, Shannon Campbell was out of the race. We found out he was out of the race at basically race mile 280. Um, Think about that, though, for a second. Like, when we got out of the race car and you get into an area with reception, like, keeping up with the the race just via social media, how many people that are down there and, and posting uh, and clips, like, you know, back in the day, that was, you, you didn't know anything. You would hear some rumors or, oh, I heard on this channel, so-and-so, <laughs> then, like, most of the time, a lot of stuff that you heard wasn't true. Like that never yeah, really yeah, happened. Yeah. Um, it is crazy. Cause I mean, we did, we only reason we knew uh, Shannon Campbell's out cause they were posting that they're in a booby bar. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, no, they were, uh, yeah. Like honestly, that's the only reason we knew that they were out of the race was they were posting on their social media. So, uh, once that happened, the, the pace for us, we didn't change. We were all, I mean, obviously our goal was one thing that we've, uh, been very fortunate on the trophy Jeep has been a very reliable vehicle and, and we wanted to keep pushing it hard. So we drove it hard. I mean, not, I would say we drove between 65 and 70% all day. Um, the car still has a lot more in it, but at the same time, I, we don't want to throw it away for n absolutely no reason. But, um, with that, dude, we got to the finish line, um, seven in the morning, um, and really just no issues. We, uh, the only time we got passed was in the pits. It makes me want to perfect what we have even more to speed it up strategy. Um, you know, yeah, we, we pitted, we were supposed to pit every 200. It needs to be every 180 to 200, depending on the sand and silt, which will perfect. Obviously this is only our second year. Um, but on that, like, I mean, really, we did, we had, we had a great job. The team we had um, was great. I I really think uh, Score did a great job with the course. I think the way they laid the course out, being close to the highway at all times, minus uh, two loops, that three eighty to four twenty, um, was was far from anything. It, it did go fifty miles out towards the coast, which is far. Uh, but they did a great job. To me, as a racer, uh, with my family being down there, I like that. You know, myself as a driver is never really more than 10 miles from the, the highway. Um, I figured that, you know, we can get at, we no matter what the race car would be getting out of there within a couple of hours. And to myself, that's good. And, you know, without going down the peninsula, it, it's way more affordable. It's way, way more safe. Uh, we had no fuel stops that had to drive everybody with fuel. 
uh, was in their in their spot ready to go before the day started. So that was good. Um, I mean, yeah, dude, the trophy jeep. I, I. What was your favorite part of the race when you're in the truck? What was the favorite section of the course, or like just your your favorite memory? Uh, Why are you? I mean, I uh, dude, I have two. So first section. Uh, my proud moment was hauling ass and skipping the whoops in San Felipe. I would say, yes, my teeth felt like they were going to fall out of my mouth. My eyes were uh, losing focus. But, like, dude, this to, to feel, I know there's not a lot of video out there because it's already getting dust. But to have the trophy Jeep actually getting on top of the whoops in San Felipe it was, like, a proud moment because, like, dude, compared to what it was last year. And then, I'll, I mean, I'm, the vehicle's only two years old. That was a second ball 1,000, and it only started racing at the Mint last year so it's got like six races on it and like dude where it was in last year i mean it i mean we would have been doing 30 or 40 miles an hour like rolling the i would whoops. love to see footage of how <laughs> the car looks going through the wolves because i could imagine you look at a trophy truck and it looks so smooth oh. you're like man it's got to be so smooth in there and i'm really curious on, on yeah. how much their bodies are getting beat up yeah me too that stuff was rough boy i was yeah it was rough but i mean for myself like just seeing that the car has the speed it might not be the smoothest thing but we do a four-wheel drive i mean, we run a nine-inch front differential on the thing which is wider than what now a lot of the trophy trucks are running but i'm 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 happy with what we have and did and the trophy jeep is a machine and then around that uh there, there was a section right before Coco's, and it was just like tight and just fast. Like we were just like knocking it off. You're doing a great job on the notes, and like the dust was not. It was like dark, so the dust we had low lights on. Oh, oh no, that's what it was. It was due to Portocitos. It was on the uh, what side of the highway were we on? We were on the uh, what side of the highway were we on? Dude, we were just nailing them in Portocitos. So like uh, it was right. Oh man, what section was it? The long. No, no, it wasn't there. It was further south than that, but we were just nailing it, and it was like all sand, all berms, and we were just ripping through there. Oh, I know where it was. It was after Portitos. It was when we I was on the right hand side of the highway, and it was basically it was a shitty sand wash, and we pre ran and, and found it. Found it. We found it. We found a we found our, our own line. Obviously, we weren't the first ones, but we definitely past multiple 6100s and in, uh in, in that section but we found a line that was fast no whoops all crazy sand four-wheel drive it was just ripping we were shredding through these cactuses all sand hauling the freaking mail that and, was a uh, fun section that was dark, one of my uh, highlights dude, yeah dark outside and like we were dude we were just ripping and uh dude having the course like having everything go like that oh dude it was money and there was a vcp we nailed that. Like, dude, there's a VCP that technically wasn't on the fast line, but there, there was like a uh, half mile before that, you could dart off in the right spot and squirt over and you nail the VCP and then you turn hard left and you go back onto the fast section. Oh, dude, it was my, That's we nailed what cracks it. me up sometimes. Like when, when it takes us a little while to get in a rhythm, like it, it takes me a little while anyways to, to get in the rhythm of calling the notes and, you know, am I calling things too early <laughs> and I'm calling them too late? Like, you know, it, it takes a little bit to get in that rhythm, but then once everything starts flowing and you get in that rhythm, it just, and then, you know, if there's something serious or he hears a noise, like you, you kind of get a little stressed out and a little panicked for a second, but you're like, Oh wait, we're, we're having fun, right? <laughs> this is fun. Yeah. We're having a good time. We're enjoying ourselves or I don't know. Yeah, no, I agree. I dude, I think that's one thing is it's like the hardest thing to do is like, dude, everyone's there to win. You, you, you know, the mindset's to go there and win, but man, 
I'm 35 years old. I'm getting to drive in Baja. You got your friends with you, your family with you, your dad's with you, your brother's with you. And like, dude, you get, you get done. It's like, oh man, was that even worth it? Like, man, I can probably go to Big Bear and have as much fun in the cabin. But I mean, you sit there and you written like, dude, the stories that come out of Baja for anyone that ever wants to go down, like the adventure you're going to get, it, it's so unbelievable. I mean, it blows me away that like, there's thousands of stories in those moments in time that you'll never get back that you'll literally be like, dude, in 20 years, I'm like, you know what? That one time, oh, I forgot about that. Oh, what, dude, remember when we were driving and we blew that corner, we were in the weeds and we hit a cactus and, you know, like we had a per time. I mean, funny story that we just went, we actually were in the desert a week after the Baja and, you know, like everyone has race radios now, even in their Can-Ams and UTVs and stuff. And it's funny because like, Dude, everyone's talking. Oh, how funny it would be if a you know we hit a cactus because there was a cactus place in uh, North Glamis uh, where we were at, and like I was like, dude, there it goes. There's that whole thing. Oh, you forgot about it. never wasn't important at all. But there it is, dude. You got a 20 minute story about dude hit a, on accident. I hit a cactus, dude. I watched this piece of round cactus with two inch, you know, full on just flying just into the cabin, flew in the cabin, boom, the, nailed and nailed Aaron right in the arm, and I think. <laughs> There we are. We got dome lights on. It's dark outside. And Casey Aaron... slowed down, asked me to turn the lights on, and wanted me to check and make sure it wasn't on him. <laughs> yeah. I and thought it hit me in the chest. He was clear. He just kept going. And wait a second. I got a big piece <laughs> on my arm. Can you stop uh, bouncing for a second so I can get this uh, thing off? And But there's that moment, like, right? There's that whole moment. I, it, I, t- I took my time. I slowed down for him. Turned the dome light on. He's exaggerating. <laughs> Or maybe not all the way, but no, we do. But those, it's like that moment, right? You're out, dude, we're out somewhere totally different with our friends and family and you're just ripping UTVs and like those stories are getting on the radio and there you have like, there's that moment in time that, you know, you, it's not like it, that didn't win or lose us any race, but right, like that whole funny moment, right? If you'd had a camera, it that would have been funny. Some videos of a cactus landing on the guy's arm and dude, now you're bouncing and the lights are bad and you're, you're trying to get this cactus that once you pull it off your sleeve, it's stuck in your gloves. And then you got a window net. You, and we got, and I have Lexan windows in the front. So the only way the cactus can leave is it has to leave out the front because you throw it down by your feet. You, you know, the passenger's yeah, feet, on it the whole time. Yeah, the passenger's feet ha- are, it's in a little capsule deal that, you know, we, he's got a foot rest and it's got the air cleaner on one side and the, the outside walls on the other and the jack is under there and his impact gun. There's not, you can't just throw it on your feet. You're going to get stuck and it's going to hurt. And, uh, dude, it, anyways, all those good stories. It's just funny that it, it's not those times, you know, like the winning the race is cool. And like, dude, getting to the finish line to me is probably the most, dude, stress reliever that you can have right now you, to myself, the way we had it, all of our team was there. Everyone was at the hotel. Everyone went to the hotel. Everyone checked in. At that moment, it was 7 a.m. I had the no one had to drive anywhere. We were at the finish line, and there it was. Like boom, we were we've made it. We did 806 miles with no flat tires and no hiccups to the point where I didn't feel that anyone. We had to come back down to Baja to repair anything or, and uh, dude, we made it. Like it, it's crazy. Or even to see how many vehicles are still left on the oh, race course gnarly. when we finished you know a couple yeah. hours behind the trophy trucks two or three hours behind the trophy trucks the yeah. first trophy truck and then yeah you you look at the uh the score app and see how many cars are still out there racing you're like man you got a long ways ahead of you yeah well that's what's so not but you look at that in general though like dude you get to the finish line and the baja is their score international the way they do their racing i mean 
Dude, it is about it. I don't. It's not so much about racing other competitors as as much as it's racing the desert because that desert can haunt you. I mean, that dust. I don't I, like. Just I mean, here's the deal: the the strategy of when to pass and when not to pass, and is there dust? Is there no dust? Is there booby traps? Is there no booby traps? Dude, then you get into that whole speed section, dude. Like we had an incident where so I got passed on the highway, and then you're like, do you get angry four miles into the race and try to throw your complete 800 mile raceway? Due to somebody speeding on the highway and ah, oh, dude, I don't know what yeah, to do. Yeah, what is the finish rate for Baja? Isn't it oh, it's typically less than about half? Yeah, fifty percent. Yeah, I think it's less than half. It's low. It's hard. I mean, you. I mean, look at how many people are stuck in the silt bed. It's it's incredible. I mean, it is insane. And I mean, the speeds are getting better, right? The economy's better. Everyone's driving harder, and the 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 rate. I mean, the the finish rate is lower because of how fast everyone wants to drive and. And be the superhero that uh, that it can be, but yeah, I mean it, it's pretty gnarly. So, I mean for myself, uh, it it dude, it's a, it was a dream to win the ball in thousand. So now now it's like just trying to achieve more and more uh, doing those type of events. But I mean in reality, dude, Baja is a, a magical place, um, and really going over all the you know logistics and just the 806 mile of race course, the race car itself, the, the prep. I mean, we take that car down to a bare frame. We rebuild the engine, the tranny, the transfer case, the steering, the alternator, the starter, the fuel cell, the fuel pumps. I mean, every trailing arm, every heim, every bearing, every single thing on that trophy Jeep was replaced. If it wasn't replaced, it was sandblasted. It was crack checked. It was inspected. I mean, down to everything, the wheels and the tires, the brakes, the brake pads, the, the, I mean, we check every single thing. And I will say Tucker and uh, Justin, you know, they do a lot of the work. Tucker does most of the work on the trophy Jeep himself. And then Justin kind of oversees some of the fab work and fine tune of, you know, wiring things that could be modified or adjusted or fine tuned. But dude, I mean, for two guys, it's just a lot of work. And I mean, the reward is getting there to the finish line and be like, well, there it is. Like, I mean, I mean, besides the mistakes that we made that, hurt the front end of the car there's nothing wrong with it i mean we haven't even watched it's been two weeks haven't even washed the trophy jeep yet this year they had no water down there they had nothing uh to literally rust out the trophy jeep so it's it's looking good i actually have to comp uh, change the transfer case change the front diff uh and we're going to go testing for the hammers before i prep it so we have a busy couple weeks here so yeah i mean rather than that um Ball 1000 is one for the books. Please, people, you guys need to come down. Check it out. You, If not, I mean, check out the videos on YouTube. Watch our videos on YouTube. You need to, you need to see uh, Baja. It's a magical place. If you want to go down, and anyone is allowed, uh, listen to my first podcast with Bud Brutzburn. Um, That podcast will tell you all the places you can go. Drive, drive a Jeep. Drive a buggy. I mean, drive your truck. I don't care what you drive. Just go down and see it. Go sleep on a beach somewhere. Wake up in the morning and watch race trucks drive by at 100 miles an hour. It's pretty unreal. Uh, it's all cable. It's safe down there. Be in the right places at the right times. It's it's a lot of it's common sense. You wouldn't drive to a lot of places in California at nighttime. It's the same down there. And I think that you know being smart with your your people and your and your stuff it, it it pays. I mean, obviously mistakes can happen anywhere. Things can happen. And but I, everyone needs to know that Baja is a safe place. We have a great time. We absolutely love it down there. Um, but yeah, I mean, check us out on Instagram, uh, check us out on Facebook. Uh, we are getting ready for Dakar. We're getting ready for King of the Hammers. Um, I'll be actually doing some fun competition at X games this year. So we have a very, very, very busy January. Um, 
And yeah, dude, thank you guys for listening to Where's to Next. Aaron, thank you very much for getting on. You got anything else you want to you want to say? No, thanks for having me. So this is episode eight. Please listen in. We're gonna be doing a bunch more. Dakar's coming. We're gonna have a lot, a lot going on. So please follow along. Where to next with Casey Curry. <laughs>